Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Off Point. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ace. I'm CJ. And another week in sports. See what we've accumulated this week. Sure, we got a few things that we can unpack, right? Yeah, let's start off with um, Alex Smith retirement. Alex Smith announced his retirement on Monday, and then it was later revealed that Ermai was eyeing the quarterback as a possible addition to the Jags. That wouldn't be too bad of an addition. He's a pretty decent quarterback, I think. Yeah. Maybe if he didn't retire and sign with the Jags, they wouldn't have. They probably wouldn't draft Trevor. Yeah, I doubt that. I still think they got their eye on that prize. Yeah. Speaking of which, Davo Sweeney said that um, Trevor and Urban are perfect for each other. Oh, is that why is that? I don't know. I don't <laughs> know if he thinks like he's a really good Urban Meyer quarterback. I don't know if he runs enough though. Yeah, he doesn't. I don't think he's an Urban Meyer quarterback at all. I mean, he might be maybe a not Urban Meyer Jaguar quarterback, and maybe yeah. not an Urban Meyer college quarterback. Yeah, maybe no. a Urban Meyer pro quarterback. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah, does anybody? No, Urban. <laughs> yeah, Ur- maybe Urban. Yeah, so maybe he's got an idea, and I don't know. He, we'll put it together. Yeah. Um, another thing that I found this earlier this week is um, in San Diego, a uh, big time Green Bay Packers couple just had their baby, and they named they named him Brett Aaron. Brett Aaron. Mm-hmm. Brett for Brett Favre, Aaron for Aaron Rodgers. Brett Aaron. Okay. I thought that was kind of funny, putting the two together. Yeah, that works. Um, something else I thought was pretty big, and it's been pretty big really since the dawn of the fo- of the college football playoffs, and that's the potential expansion. As the committee looks to expand to a possible upwards of 16 teams. At least six going to sixteen. Okay, so, and this was on a regular season, right? Yeah. And potential future expansion of the the playoff. Yeah. That's a lot of games. Mm-hmm. But you gotta think. Um, this is in the FBS, and we already know that FCS does do a a sixteen team playoff, right? Which does run into the spring, which um, I believe started earlier this week. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I'm okay with that. More football. Yeah, I'm- <laughs> more football, but <laughs> a lot more potential for injury. All right, so this is just something they're look, looking at. Do they have like any any dates or um, speculation time frames? They said that it will not happen next season. It will not happen the season after or the season after that. 
So we're looking at about 2024, 2025, which is about when ESPN's contract with the CFP expires. Okay. And then maybe just kind of swing in with some mm-hmm. changes. And it, yeah, the, any of the changes could be a, from a 16 to a 16 team playoff. That's cool. I personally think the 16 would be the easiest because you only need the committee for one reason, and that's the sixth seed. One through five are Power Five conference champs. They're automatically in there. Six seed is that like Cinderella team? Yeah, I think that would be a good way to to automatically know who's who's going in there. The winner mm-hmm. of your your Power Five. I mean, and then, and then yeah. Look at the NFL. You already know who's going in at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just don't know exactly the way things are going to line up. But you have a pretty good idea of like who's going to be in there. You may not right. know who's facing who. But you know, oh, well, um, the Ravens have the best record in AFC North. They're going to be in there. Pa- Patriots have the best record in the AFC East. Right, it's the They're leader of their, their divisions. And it would be the same in college football. Of your, yeah, for, who, for whoever's the conference championship. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. It makes total sense. So I think the rankings this year would have been Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Who won the Pac-12? Oregon? Yeah, I don't know. And then, <laughs> this season's been so freaking wonky that, like, there's a lot of it I just didn't pay attention to. Um because, you know, names just weren't popping up. The Pac-12 were just, yeah. they were crap. I mean, you they knew they, they weren't getting in anywhere. Yeah. I don't know if it was Oregon or, or USC. I, I don't even remember. Yeah, well, I think this year. Oh, wait, Notre Dame couldn't have been. One, they're usually uh, independent. And two, they were with the a- ACC this year. So it wouldn't have been them. It wouldn't have been them. No. So Clemson been would have beat them Bama, out there. Clemson, Ohio State. Oregon, I think, won the Pac-12. Oklahoma won the Big 12. I'd say either – I'd say for this year you couldn't let Notre Dame in because they played in the ACC. Right. And oh, Clemson uh, won that. Right. So I think that will be the Bearcats, Cincinnati. Well, otherwise you're something. Otherwise they're letting two of one conference in there. And why do the whole conference champ thing if you're letting someone else in? Yeah, I don't agree with that at all. Um, but yeah, back when they had like – Georgia and Bama. That was just the SEC championship second round. Yeah. uh, that's. I think it was the third time that season, too. Yeah, that's so boring to me. I mean, I'm sure that's huge. SEC loved it, but that's. I mean, heck, it's not even that fun to watch two teams that already played in the regular season play against each other in, like, the playoffs or the conference title game or a bowl game. There's no reason why it shouldn't be. You have to. Like that that has it's, to be you you win your conference championship, and that and that should mm-hmm. be another yeah. factor into going into the the playoff I mean it's one thing in the n f l when you have so many teams yeah yeah that's like yeah, that's different. there's so many games that's different playing a team twice right, and then this would give teams opportunity. Like, uh, you know, a, a few years ago when UCF mm-hmm. were undefeated. The Bearcat. Or um, what are they? 
like they're Tigers. UCF. UCF. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, because they did really well, and I mean, they their bowl game they beat Auburn, so mm-hmm. they went undefeated two straight seasons. Yeah, yeah. Went for a third, couldn't do it. I think, or was it the second one? Then it ended. Remember how that went? Yeah, I think they were undefeated for two, and then yeah, blew it the third, third one. Yeah, and I think that was that was probably after Scott Frost left. Yeah, and then. So, like, this year would have been Cincinnati. Or a few years ago, like, before UCF, would have been Houston. Houston, that was, yeah, that was when uh, Tom Herman was mm-hmm. there. Right. I think I'm seeing some. Tom Herman le- brings Houston up, does really well, leaves for Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Frost did really well with UCF, left for Nebraska. I wonder where Fickle's going. Not back to Buckeyes. No. He'll probably hang out in Cincinnati for a while. He's probably the reverse of Herman and Frost. He did a big school, <laughs> then he went to the small school. Yeah. yeah I mean, as an Think interim about fickle. coach, but yeah, that, it, that wasn't, I don't even know if I would count that. Think about it, Fickle. If you just win a few more games and beat the rival, you could still be head coach mm-hmm. today. Yeah, that definitely could have changed things around yeah. for him. If that, that season would have turned out different. At the same time, for Urban Meyer, yeah, that probably would have been like a battle, like like Fickle trying to prove dur- during the entire off season, I'm better than Meyer. Mm-hmm. Who knew that would have worked out so well, though? Yeah, In it was nice because we're like the only school he'd come back for, right? His home state team. Yeah, he had, I think it was like a student coach. Or something for the Buckeyes before. Yeah. Some sort of assistant. Back when he had the, the stash. Right. <laughs> See, I think uh, an expanded playoff in college would work. Yeah, I'd like to see. I, I always lean a little more towards an eight. Yeah. An 18 playoff. Because it's so simple. No buys. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I like that. Um, it allows you know a couple, you know, a few more teams mm-hmm. to be involved. It, I think it would take out a lot of the Ohio State never would have been out guesswork of <laughs> you know who who's getting in and who's not. Then again, yeah. I mean, that, also the way it is now. I mean, if you look at it another way, is. Uh, it, it make definitely makes things more interesting. Like you know, who's getting in because it's it, it's a tighter fit. Mm-hmm. You know, with eight, but it's, it's a little more of a leisurely getting in. If you know, um, yeah. I mean, I don't know, just think about this. Like the like in basketball, the NCAA's whole thing is the Final Four. Like that's where it's big. Give the entire tournament to lean up to the Final Four. College football just goes straight into it. Straight right. Yeah, it's it's different. They skip all the build up. They yeah. skip getting to the point where well, you the can have it, don't well, matter. In basketball you can you have a much larger tournament. And they to, play more games to anyway. Get it there. Four more games, big tournament. Right. I mean, yeah, football is a more physical sport, but still. I mean, if you really think about it, the the basketball playoffs, if you want to call them a playoffs, actually starts with thirty two or or is it 64? 
and then works its way down as far as it the tournament starts goes. At, it starts at 68 with the, the what they call the, like the first four. Yeah. And like those like four, is it four teams, I think. I can't remember if it's like, yeah, I think it's four teams. And they, the winners are inserted into like the other two parts of the bracket. So I think it's like whoever faces the like overall number one. Like if you're looking at the top 25, overall number one, overall number two. So there's always two games that are undecided. I gotcha. When they're laying out the tournament. So it's 68, goes down to 64 for the actual tournament. Right. And then you go down from there. I'm keeping with Ohio State. Um, some new news on Justin's Fields. Okay. He has – well, he's been letting NFL teams know, and um, Ohio State has known for a while about his – how he's played through having epilepsy. Oh, interesting. I mean, something you would never know. I mean, yeah. I mean, unless he has an episode at the middle of yeah. the game or something or in practices. Uh, I don't know if that was before he came here now that I think about it. I don't know if that was his first season here, which would have been one of his first games, or the year before he came here, we played Cincinnati. And one of their guys got like, I don't think he even got hit or anything. He just started having an episode right there. During the game, they took him you off the field. You know what? I think I vaguely remember that. I was a Cincinnati player, though, right? Yeah, Cincinnati yeah. player. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to say that was Field's first year because we played Cincinnati when we were supposed to this year. Mm-hmm. We usually play them two years in a row, then go right. a little bit. A little bit. I was wondering what Fields was thinking during that. You know, like a little sigh of relief, like, it's not me, but... I feel bad for this guy. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he's probably knew exactly no. what that guy was going through. Yeah. But, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked to find out that this isn't, it's not a rare thing. No. Um, the article here even shows some other. I'm sure there's probably several yes. guys in the NFL. Um. Or playing with epilepsy. Yeah, um, like an all all pro running back, uh, Tiki Barber and his twin brother. Oh, okay, yeah. Ronde Rond had it. Um, a Hall Hall of Fame offensive lineman, Ellen. I'm probably going to butcher this. Feneca Anisa. Okay. A pro Bowl cornerback Samari Roll and a running back Jason Snelling have all had it. Yeah, I mean, that's probably just to name a few. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've got to think. I can see where this hurts his draft stock because no team really wants a chance of that. But yeah. at the same time, three years in college football. One, he didn't really play. Mm-hmm. The other two, he was a great quarterback. It didn't hurt him. Right, yeah. I mean, and you in just Pearson look High at, School, it didn't. Right, I mean, you just got to look at... Oh, and you need to be knowledgeable about seizures and mm-hmm. and the protocols to to follow when you know when something like that happens, and you know seizures are there. I mean, they are a common thing. Um, I mean, these specific few that were named in this article: an all-pro running back, Hall of Fame, 
O-linemen and Pro Bowl and two Pro Bowlers. Right, and just knowing that right there should be like, you know what, I mean, these guys went on to have really good careers, mm -hmm. um, you know, especially the Barber brothers. Yeah. Um, I mean, those are very familiar names for me, and these guys were, I mean, I, you would never have known. I didn't know until just now. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Fields has never let that get to him, and nobody knew until this report here was leaked. Yeah. Which, this is something that kind of bothers me. He, I mean, he didn't do, like, an interview or anything. Information just kind of put out there by some guy. That, and then that happens. Yep, Fields that happens. and, like, Ryan Day commented on it. Right. Yep. Like, all right, now that everyone knows. Yeah, people but dig. to be clear, he has been telling NFL teams scouting him that he has it. Yeah. So the team's yeah, new. So, right. So it's not like it was something he was keeping from everybody. He's letting the people know Just that the public. need to know. Um, it doesn't matter if the public knows or anything. It wasn't like he was keeping it from the public. It just wasn't something he was addressing to the public because mm -hmm. this has nothing to do I mean, with the public. This, I mean, like, this has something to do yeah. with his career and the guys that are scouting him out. I mean, it's not like an interviewer was like, Justin, do you have epilepsy? And he just said no. It was never brought up. No reason to ever address right. it. Right. Don't ask, don't tell. I mean, if if it's addressed and someone asked, then it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's accurate. Yep. I'm not hiding that. And as long as he's not keeping it from where he's trying to move forward, man, and a I don't think it'll be. I think I don't think it'll be a big deal. And a quote from Ryan Day here from from Twitter. Um, he said, "Justin's health, toughness, and work ethic ethic have never been an issue, and I am incredibly proud of his professionalism and the character he displays on and off the field." Then he goes on to say, "The fact that he never missed a game at Ohio State speaks volumes about how he takes care of himself." I couldn't agree more. I agree 100. Yep. I don't think this this should hurt his draft stock. I mean. No, it shouldn't. I mean, unless you're like one of those NFL teams that's really doesn't want to cover any health issues, which in that case, you should not be a football team. Yeah. Professional football team. Yeah, and I did see that. So we had talked that uh, Justin Fields being looked at going uh, in the third round to the 49ers. Um, you mean third pick? Third, right. Sorry. Yes, first round, third pick. Um, third round. <sighs> right. Yeah. No. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> um, so, so now there's word on, um, oh, shoot, Alabama dude, uh, Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. They're the putting back in, putting him back in that that third slot there, and I, I just, I hope that doesn't have anything to do with what we just talked about yeah. on, on this, I hope uh, re, not. you know, release of the, um, his seizure. Yeah, because um, I, I would really hate that. I mean, that's so. I really can't see that being a factor. It, it can't be. No. Especially if you can have faith in your backup, like in case something were to happen. Mm -hmm. right. So I do think a team that has no plans for a backup whatsoever, like just like the world's worst backup, yeah, you probably shouldn't pick him. Then maybe. maybe. But even then, you should always have a great backup. Right. Look at the Cowboys last year. We had Andy Dalton backing up. Dak Prescott, and I mean, it worked out. Mm -hmm. I mean, after Dalton, it kind of sucked. We had um, 
spend who knows his name. Um, we had some guy after him. I mean, after Dalton, the Cowboys really had no one. But still, Dalton was pretty good. Yeah. So any time, time will tell. You know, we get to the. It'll be. I'll be anxious I mean, to see. I mean, like you said, potentially Fields going to the Niners. As long as they keep Jimmy, it's a good guy to have back in no, there. No, definitely. Yeah. Or if he were to go to um. No, where else? Where else could he go? That just um, Carolina. If, as long as they don't get rid of Bridgewater, Teddy's a good guy to have backing right, up. Right. He already proved he's a great backup back with the Saints, backing up Breeze. Yeah, that's that's probably about as far as you know his talent goes. Yeah, it's just, I, I can it's, agree it's with as, that. A, as a good backup. You need a good backup. Mm-hmm. There you go. I feel like like with some people, it's their like mentality. It's like they're just better, like under the pressure of the backup. Like, all right, I really have to step up now. So, you know, like, fill this guy's shoes while he's out. Right. More so than just being the guy by default. Yep. Some guys are just. And some guys are better judged. starters than they are backups. Right. They like, I think Teddy Bridgewater. Um, maybe another. I think. Um, uh, who the Niners have a few years ago? I can't remember who they had. He, he was a pretty good one. Andy Dalton is another good backup, I think. Nick Foles is another good backup. I mean, he went on a Super Bowl as a backup and then got released. Yeah, I think it might have been C.J. Beathard. No. For the Niners. I mean, yeah, he was a backup. I don't think he was that great of one. He wasn't that bad. I don't think he was that bad. Not not too bad. Yeah, um some some people are just meant to be a backup quarterback. Yeah, well. I agree. And um, as we've talked about recently, especially just a minute ago, about Fields' draft stock dropping, mm-hmm. you got to wonder why. He's had an amazing season. Uh, yeah, I have no answers. I have no answers to to why other than – um. Just people putting out, putting the word out there, like, "Oh, his stock's dropping," and then, mm-hmm. and then, that person says, "Oh, I, you know, I hear his stock's drop," you know, and then just goes on and on and on until now everybody thinks that his his stock's dropping in the draft. And I mean, you got to think he was one of the most efficient throwers ever. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. And and I can only hope that you know that he, that he he's proves himself in the um in like the combines and stuff, um, yeah. pro days. You know he had it pretty good. Yeah. So as long as he's doing, as long as he's looking good, 
don't you know let's leave it to the teams that are mm-hmm. that are scouting him that are looking at him to decide not not who makes the mock draft nobody these guys aren't going to look at the mock draft and like well they, they think i'm going to pick yeah. him third well, well maybe i should what is what does he know that i don't know mm-hmm. no these these guys know they go to the pro day they look at these guys they go back and watch things that they've done and that, that that's where the proof is yeah, i mean you gotta think about it. fields fields playing style is like perfect for the modern NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not NFL 20 years ago, but the NFL today has a great quarterback style. He's that dual threat quarterback. He's a rocket arm. And he comes from an elite program with a great competitive spirit. And, I mean, he's shown he's a pretty good guy off the field. And he'll do what it takes to play. He got, he has a part of a big reason the Big Ten got a season here. Yeah, he helped with pitching for that. I mean, that and, I mean, I've made the jokes in the past, just from, like, the hairstyle, the sweatband they wear, that I feel like he and Pat Mahomes could be related. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at what they wear on the field, it's pretty darn similar. Yeah. And their playing styles aren't too different from each other. They're both dual threat, mm-hmm. great arms. Right. That's what Fields is really hiding. <laughs> He's related to Pat Mahomes. <laughs> He's like his like third cousin or something. Oh, you have something funny to hear. Fields wins the Super Bowl. And it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm related to Pat. My real name is Justin Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. Um, he got a 4.45 on that 40-yard dash on his pro day. I think that's nice. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good numbers. Then you got to think about this. He is, he's literally QB1. He's meant to be a starting quarterback. His number's one. Right. <laughs> I just think he's, I mean, come on, what was his worst game this season? Northwestern? Yeah, that, that I would probably say that's uh I mean, come on, quarterbacks have bad games. Yeah, every, yeah everybody has And sometimes it's not just the quarterback. It can be that receiving core, too. Right. It could be the O-line, which would probably mean that he'd be terrible for the Giants. That team, they're cursed with a bad O-line. They can get, like, the best offensive lineman in the league and still be terrible in the O-line. Yeah. It's like a curse. Not always the case. Not always, but I think that didn't help Eli Manning. Mm-mm. Definitely not. Yeah, I feel like Fields, he should not be dropping. Like, his stock should not drop. Um, Like, really, at all. He's really done nothing to let it drop. Right. No, I agree. I mean, he and Lawrence are doing, like, basically the same right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Why is Lawrence saying number one and Fields just going, drop? I mean, drop. The, the only real difference between the two is, you know, an overall body of work. I mean, there's way more to see from from Trevor than there yeah, like was in film? from Justin. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's it. But 
I I think, and it's and to me, it's still neck and neck. I mean, the guys are both of them are extremely talented. They are. They've always been neck and neck, alongside mm-hmm. Zach Wilson. Like it's like it's been it's been Fields and Lawrence, and then you got Zach Wilson. Like they're in the back. Yeah, I'm here too. <laughs> Um, the NFL did make a some rule changes earlier this week and changing numbers for multiple positions. Oh yeah, yeah. Defensive backs will now wear will now wear n- any number between the number one and forty nine. Running backs, fullbacks, tight ends, halfbacks, and wide receivers can wear any number between one forty nine and eighty through eighty nine. Okay. Offensive linemen can wear any number 50 through 79. Defensive linemen can wear any number 50 through 79 and 90 through 99. Linebackers can wear any number 1 through 59 and 90 through 99. And this is different? It is. Um, I think the... Expand. So, like, a lot of these numbers are yeah. still the same for these positions. Now they've just allowed them to use more. Yeah. Okay. Which is going to allow – because I think in college it's very similar to what they have now. Mm-hmm. It's what they just changed it to because a lot of players like to keep their their jersey numbers from college. Yeah. Like Joey Bosa, when he went to the Chargers, he changed to 99. The second 97 opened up, he took it. Hmm. Um. Chase Young wanted number two going in for the football team and then ended up settling with 99. Hmm. I mean, you look at quarterbacks. I mean, like Tom Brady, he's kept his number for his entire NFL career. Yeah. Even going to Tampa, right. Tampa where um, Chris Godwin was number 12. Brady didn't even have to ask. He just gave out number 12 and was like, you know what, I'll be 14. <laughs> You know, I'd Brady, I'd Brady take that number 12 jersey and, I mean, I know the whole numbers thing is supposed to help the refs for penalty reasons. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, that jersey number is 50, it must be an O-lineman or something. But I just don't fully get why they, they just can't whatever number they want. I mean, I understand they can't wear, like, 1,288. Right, right. I mean, that's just too many numbers. But right. any two-digit number... Well, one or two-digit number it should be fine. Right. I mean, why can't we see a quarterback out there wearing, wearing like, number 97? Right. <laughs> I mean, well, you think about it now, it almost seems like it would look weird seeing yeah. that number dropping back and then airing mm-hmm. one out. <laughs> yeah. That'd be more like a like the sight of, like, an O-lineman taking the snap, which yeah. I think is illegal. <laughs> At least in most cases it is. Uh, probably in the fan-controlled football league, the fans determine the numbers. This week, you're going to be number 92. Now, nah, that cost them so much money on jerseys. Oh, my gosh, yes. That'd bring in too much confusion. I mean, that was like trying to watch the spring game last week. All right, it's number seven. Um, who is he? Yeah, I think that because was Because there are confusing. no last names on jerseys. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that's some of your, um, really, any of the military schools in Penn State, I think, like the only schools in college football. Like big schools in college football that don't have names on the back of the jerseys. Yeah. And I feel like that has to be frustrating. 
I like being able to see the names on the back. Yeah, I think I think you should be able to. You I like knowing the name the number, of the player because of how often numbers change. Well, not even that. I mean, and even be able to associate with the numbers. If I can't see the name, I mean, I like to know the player's name. But if I can't see the name, chances are you're going to be able to see the number. Mm-hmm. So if you catch the number, and you're like, oh, okay, it's it's mm-hmm. this this guy. Yeah. I mean. There are some guys that, you know, they've just been in college long enough. You know, that's their number. Like Fields, you know, he's one. Lave, we know he's two. Right. Wilson, we know he's Garrett Wilson. We know he's five. Mm-hmm. Or J.K. Dobbins when he was there. We knew he was two. Right. But some guys like these linemen, linebackers, we don't really know their numbers. I mean, unless they're ones that pop out more, like a Joey Bosa, Chase Young. Well, and that's, that's the thing. J.J. Watt. It's not brought to your attention. They're, there's not Their name's not being called all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's not no real spotlight on those guys. When you're constantly hearing Garrett Wilson, mm-hmm. it's a lot. I mean, and then you are immediately associated I mean, the with the number. the commentators not, like, not saying something like, Field trying back to pass and a fifty yard pass to Chris Olave. It's like, oh, and why Davis? He's holding that defender good. He's holding that defender good. Oh, and he let him through for a sack. No, you no. You don't hear not, that. Not until like after the play is over and they're <laughs> yeah. telling you, you know, this is like what happened. And then, helped, that. and then it helped open yeah. up like a, a good run or something. So, yeah, you don't really hear really those don't. guys' names called out too often. Not the shame. You should too, man, because those guys deserve just as much credit as you know anybody else on the team. They do. They they do. They put in a lot of hard work. I mean, absolutely. You know, there's some people that there are some people out there that say like, no, they don't. They just stand there and hold a guy. That can be a little bit of tough work. If you're it like tough work, it's I mean, one you're a big guy yourself get... holding another big guy. Yeah. One guy's trying to get past you, and the other guy's trying to keep you from getting past. Them. I mean, that's like saying that. Professional wrestling is no hard work. You're you're trying to take on another man, like about your size, maybe even bigger. Trying to keep that guy like to where you have the advantage is kind of difficult. It is, and there's you know there's techniques and body movement. To, I mean, it's not like they're saying they're playing like patty cake with each other. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so last week we watched the spring game. Yeah, speaking of which, it's only been a week, and it's been a, it has been a long week because <laughs> it feels like it's been longer than that since we watched that game. And I don't know why. I just this yeah. must have been a really long week. Oh, here's a little question that just popped up here on the side of our screen: Which Buckeye do you think will be drafted earlier than than you would expect? Just Sean Wade, Pete Warner, Baron Browning, Tommy Togay, Trey Sermon. Who do you think will get drafted? Out of those options there, who do I expect or who would who do I think could go earlier than expected? Um Wow, that's a good question. I mean, I kind of want to say Pete Warner, but since he really didn't, like, 
exactly pop out there until those last few games. Oh, man, no, that is tough. Um, I, I, I don't think Same it's Sean, I don't think it'll be Sean Wade. No, he did not. I, I think he kind of. I mean, if he's going in there at the line, if that's where he's going into the draft at, instead of a cornerback, then maybe. Yeah. Even then. Um, Browning has been one. Browning and Toge, probably the two that got, like the two that have been there longer, have had their names shouted out longer, I think might be. I mean, one of the two. Part of me wants to say Trey Sermon, only because of how explosive he was there. Yeah. The, there at the, uh, the end, end of the season. I mean, he really became explosive, and yeah, and until he got kind of injured at name, Bama, kind of made a name for himself. But which is something that I just thought of right now with that sixteen-team possible playoff tournament. Mm-hmm. So imagine. I say played Clemson first. We beat them. Then the next game, let's say we played Bama. Sermon got hurt. By the time we got all the way down to the championship, Sermon could have been back. Could have been back, right? So that, that's kind of a pro. Could have been. Yeah, it could be a little advantageous in that regard. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess it really depends on. I mean, Pete Warner and I have it between Pete Warner, Browning, and. Sermon. My thing with Warner and Sermon is they didn't exactly pop out there as big time NFL prospects until those last few games. I don't know. Pete Warner, his name was thrown around the season prior to that, too. So. Yeah, it was. And with Sermon, it wasn't too. We were struggling against Northwestern. He just kind of. Right, yeah. So it was kind of, up. yeah, that's kind of the last image in your brain. So that's when, you, why I would think, and you know, be, and then again on the other end of that is, I think there's there's probably a lot of running backs out there. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think Clemson's running back is yeah. I think, I think Bama has a running back in there. Yeah, he'll he'll probably get like picked in the top five. Don't know who he is, but he probably will, just because he's Bama. All right, so um, final pick, Pete Warner. Pete Warner, I I'll, I'll agree. I think I'll go with him as well. He's explosive. I think he's like really good out of them. However, going off these names, like out of these names listed here, I'm going with with Jeremy Ruckert. I think we'll get drafted before all these guys here and all the other Buckeyes in the draft except Fields. I think he'll come before them. Okay. He's a, a talented tight end. Tight ends are becoming a bigger like a bigger thing to have in the NFL. Is Rucker going to the draft? I yeah. thought I saw his name in the he, uh he committed in the spring game. I mean, unless he pulled um in the, uh, in the spring game lineup, man. I thought I saw his name. Yeah, I want to say that. Now Luke Farrell, I, I saw his too, but is gone. I, I, I remember mean, he, him declaring for the draft, but I, I also remember Thayer Munford declaring. So I don't know if they both declared and then pulled out. Yeah. But even Farrell, I'd expect him to go early too, mm-hmm. like earlier Maybe. than expected. 
because they were both good. And here's my here's my issue with Ohio State this season and last. You do great when you throw to your tight ends. I'm not saying don't throw to Olave or Wilson. But they've done great throwing to the tight ends. Why would you stop? Like in, like in that Northwestern game, we threw to our tight ends. We got it some decent yards off of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you definitely want to incorporate your, your tight ends. And, and then and in Clemson. Extremely useful. Um, against Clemson, we did it, and we scored. Oh, especially that one Jeremy Rucker catch. Oh, that's probably, like, the best catch. Just the way he caught that ball and just kind of turned with it. <laughs> that was great. I'm going back to watch that Clemson game tonight. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Maybe the fourth time. Sorry. I don't know. Maybe if we actually got to play that team up north and got our chance to hang up 100, <laughs> that'd be the game I'd be re-watching. That just... I probably skipped through most of it and just skipped all the parts with Harbaugh crying. But yeah, I'd say our, our tight ends are, our tight ends in general, really, I think are underrated. Yeah, they're such a versatile position. I mean, look at Gronk. Yeah, I mean, George Kittle. The, the, the epiphany of tight ends. And Kyle Juszczyk. Yeah. Those are three great tight ends in the NFL. Um, yes, they are. Travis Kelsey is another one. Yeah. He's a great one. Um, I think that Luke Farrell and Jeremy Rucker can have a great career in the NFL. Yeah. Just because they're tight ends. It's like they're, it's, they're big like an offensive lineman, but they're fast like a wide receiver or running back. And that's like the perfect combination. You're so big, it's going to be hard for them to take you down. But you're so fast that you're getting away from them, too. Yeah, they're kind of a hybrid. They are. Yeah. And in the NFL, because, I mean, just like most of the time in football, fullbacks really never used. (laughs) So in the NFL, most fullbacks are also at the tight end. Yeah. Like George Kittle, that's where he was kind of like predominantly used the year the Niners went to the Super Bowl. He was really used as a fullback because he was so big, he could just kind of push through his guys and fast enough that once he got a hole, he could just keep going. Yeah, they're usually big and tough and athletic. Okay, let's talk about that spring game. Specifically, probably the highlight of the spring game, the quarterback competition. Right. With um, Let's start with Kyle McCord. Okay. Who off the like right out of the gate made a big play. I believe a fifty, fifty five yard pass. Yeah, that was that was nice. Dude, uh was that a Lave? I remember if that was a Lave or Wilson. Right, yeah. I wanna say he played on both sides. May have. I don't remember, but that was a yeah, that was a nice dime. And um CJ Stroud had a big game too. Yeah, scoring the first touchdown mm-hmm. to Olave. Which Stroud is my favorite. Uh, yeah, I, I think overall, after watching all three of them, like they are, they're all good. And if you blindly pick pick either one of those, I don't mm-hmm. think you would be disappointed in the production that you would get out there. So, but after seeing what I've seen. Um, I would I would think that C.J. Shroud would probably be the guy. I I don't think that. I mean, if you're looking, um, I like I like the stats. 
Stroud. Yeah. Completed 16 out of 22 passes for 185 okay. yards, two touchdowns. Nice. The cord had completed 12 of 17. Okay. For 184 yards. Nice. Less passes, almost as many yards, somebody and just as many TDs. Well, somebody likes to air it out. Mm-hmm. And then um, Miller, poor Jack Miller. They're 17 out of 30, barely above 50%. Mm. For 128 yards, one touchdown, and an IT. Yikes. Yeah, so yeah, if you go based off of those, stats. that's a good interception, though. You got to look, you have to look at that as a, as a win for our defense. Well, yeah, after the season we had, that was a good interception, right? So out of those three, who I, would you pick? I have it based going, on those stats. Based on those stats, I have it in the same order that the stats go: Stroud, McCord, Miller. Okay. I said that during the spring game. I believe you agreed. And just according to the stats, I mean, at the same time, I think McCord can compete, but I think the fact that he's a rookie, yeah, there, I, I think for the want to help. Yeah, I, I think the fact that I think he might be that, next. that Stroud kind of has that as part of the edge. You I know, do he, think he's been there longer. I do think that if like Stroud, I think if Stroud just proves that he's not meant to be a starter, that McCord will like right away just kind of come in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of think of the when we had um, JT and Cardale both there. Once we actually decided, all right, JT is going to be the starter. Yeah. Like halfway through the season, Cardale was still coming in there. If like JT was starting to have like a bad game, he kind of come in there a little bit. I think it only happened like a couple times, but I think that kind of be the case here. Except McCord would just come in and be like the new starter. If Stroud's shown that, you know, he's not really meant to be a starter. I mean, like we said earlier, some quarterbacks are just meant to be a second string. Right. So I do think that. Yeah, I don't think we'll have anything to worry about. I think if they play yeah. Stroud as the starter, I think he's going to do I think he's going to do just fine. I yeah. Think, I think we'll pick this offense right where it needs to go. I don't think we'll have to worry about the only way another guy comes in. Yeah. Is if we in, in two conditions, mm-hmm. and that's one, he gets injured, or two, it's because we're blowing the team out <laughs> so bad that yeah. now we're going to get in our guys in to get to get some work in. So yeah. um, that's the only that's the only way I could see another quarterback coming in. I do Stroud. think that for considering that we do play non-conference games this year, which I think we will, with I think Oregon's the only questionable one right now. Mm-hmm. We can easily replace them with, like, Ohio. We're not already playing them. Yeah. The Bobcats. So do you think for, like, those came, those games, like, those first couple, we might see a little bit of, like, Stroud and McCord, like, both of them kind of in there taking some reps. But at the same time, like you said, we'll probably be blowing them out by the time McCord comes in. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think they're going to do no dual quarterback thing. Yeah, I think we it's learned gonna that be, lesson. It's, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be one guy, and yeah. he's going to take the team. We start blowing out a team, and then, then we'll we'll get a mix of some other guys. But just poor, in line. poor Jack Miller. I think I think everyone can just agree he's not going to be the starter. 
and that's not to take anything away from him. He's still a good quarterback. Right. He can be a starter. He just has two guys better. Right. Which can kind of suck sometimes. I mean, although I wouldn't be, not be surprised at all if this guy, like, goes in the NFL draft. It's like maybe seventh round pick un, or even undrafted. And then goes and is, like, the next big quarterback. Right. <laughs> it, it happens. I think that happened before. <laughs> Tom Brady. You know? Yeah. yeah, I think we can. I'm sure, like ninety nine point nine percent of Ohio State fans will say that it's not going to be Miller, right? And I'd say it's probably like like sixty forty percent of Stroud to McCord. Mm-hmm. So I think McCord has the potential. I mean, well, like five less passes, one less yard, just as many touchdowns. Right. I think those are good stats to have. Yeah, his product his his production just based on his stats pretty much shows that he's accurate. Mm-hmm. That's only he, five incompletes, right? And who's to say that's on him? Right, like he's he's accurate, and then airs it out. I mean, the, the, I mean to only throw twelve completions for eight hundred and eighty four yards, and think of his first pass. Yeah, when they brought him in. Right out the gate, just showing, like, like look, this is what I can do. Complete. You know, I want to say that was to Wilson, to Garrett Wilson, because I think that was him that, because he was hurt on that play. He, like, mm. took a minute to get up. Oh, yeah. I don't think that was, yeah, I don't think that was a lot of A. Right. No, I agree. But, yeah. I want to say Stroud has it, and if he doesn't, it's McCord. I mean, even that spring game, we saw um, another quarterback come in there at the end. Yeah, we did. Um, I think it was a – I think right at the end there, they they started talking about um, two other quarterbacks we had that were both walk-ons. Both walk-ons, right. That really everyone knows has no chance, but, I mean, who knows, maybe by the time the season starts, they're the starting quarterback. <laughs> that kind of came out of nowhere. I think Ohio State is a spectacular spring game. Um, it's crazy to think that we're still months away from yeah. <laughs> from game one. And just eagerly wait. Yeah. Um, Every, I've read everything some, else is just filler. Yeah. Um, let's also talk about um, Jack Sawyer, who I believe was like the first defensive player that was able to get to McCord. Yeah, that was a name that kept getting brought up a lot, too, on I mean, the defensive end. That guy was trending before the game ended. Right. So that's going to be somebody to, and just think to look forward to. If he was able to tackle and sack. Oh, wow. That'd been nice. Finally, after a year without a guy in that position, we have somebody. Potentially. 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 Even that, we still have a couple other guys over there. And that's not uh, about that area. But of course, count no. our chickens before they've yeah. hatched. So. Um, we have nobody returning in the linebacker spot. All fresh guys. Yeah. How does that happen when you're a school as big Ohio State? And you have, like, over 100 players on your team. How do you have nobody return in that position? That is amazing. It's one thing for, like, a quarterback spot because 
you know, so few people play right. at quarterback on a depth chart. Mm-hmm. But you have so many linebackers. How is that? How does that work out? Yeah, Jack Sawyer, big day. Um, I mean, he really kind of proved himself in that game. Yeah, that was fun to watch. It was a little unfortunate. We had to deal with some of the technical difficulties Mm -hmm. that we did. Um, Yeah. um, Kind of forgot about it, but I'd like to take a peek on the YouTubes there and Mm -hmm. see if the – See if that game's watchable. Yeah. Um, Dial in a little bit more. Just kind of. Mm-hmm. I do know that. Get a better feel. Going back and reading up on it, watching some just short clips. I do you think Jack Miller had the most questionable throws? Yeah. Like bad decisions. Right. Where it's indie for the other two. It just maybe like taking too long or just slightly. Like, not a bad throw. Well, something that's good about the spring game is that they were allowing fans yes. um, to participate. And what I think this does for players, um, especially, like, new players, mm-hmm. you know, um, because there's I, – I, I believe that there's nerves. That I mean, it's like, okay, you can go to practice and feel comfortable. But then when you go and do something that's a little more live, mm-hmm. nerves and stuff can set in. So Jack, well, Jack Miller could quite possibly play a lot better and make a lot better decisions yeah. than what he did. And maybe he does in practice. And part of the reason maybe. why the competition has been so tight, I think this here kind of shows, well, who's going to go out there? And, and if they can deal with this type of pressure – it's a, give you a little bit of a glimpse, yeah, in an actual you know uh, a season game. Yeah, um, because you need to be able to shake that stuff off and like real quick. You do. You need to be able to shake that off, especially on. when you go into, um, you know, uh, your away games into other stadiums like a whiteout yeah. or something like that you need to be able yeah. to oh especially with penn state stay composed and let's just hope penn state didn't recover from what happened last year <laughs> um no we can't we can't hope that teams just suck so we can do good right no i want to see every big 10 team yeah be be at their best which for the Rutgers may be just a couple wins yeah, well, they're looking a little better. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I think – I um, do know that two great a couple shoot. quarterbacks do some good running in that game. In where? Which game? The spring game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think McCord was probably, McCord was probably the most impressive Okay. with it. Yeah. I don't know if you really have anything to touch on that. Um, I mean, that seems to be like a signature thing with Buckeye quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I think – I mean, I really didn't get to see too much of the run because as soon as the quarterback took off, immediately they, they, when they would get touched, they, you know, whistled the play. Yeah, so same with the really, running You really backs. can't see um, the potential there as part of the, as part of, um, um, the running ability 
of any of the quarterbacks. So that was kind of unfortunate. Let's just be happy that's not how normal football games played. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, they even did like a, a design run here and there. But again, you know, a pickup of you know five to seven yards is probably about the max on one of those. But yeah, you really didn't get to see yeah a whole lot on Justin that. Justin Fields went down so often. Yeah. Because again, those positions were like they're all over him. He's like, Ugh, oh, right, throws right, it. right. Especially, especially in that Clemson game, he had a few of those. Yeah. When they gone as deep. Right. So, um, yeah, did we pretty much touch up on? I know you had a lot, uh, a lot going for this week. Yeah. It was it was really a big week for college football with the spring games going on. Right. Yeah. Little tidbits, some retirements. The there were some other retirements, up. too, I heard about, too. Yeah, it's retirement remember. season. <laughs> so, all right. Well, uh, so, well, here's signing off to, to another week. Um, we'll be back here next week. So, until then, we out. <laughs>